Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Shotgun, fields, runs, pushes towards the goal line. Looks like he's short. He is. Just coming out with a disappointing loss like this, um, you know, it hurts. But, uh, you know, we just got to respond. You know, when you get them to third down, you got to get off, uh, number one. And you got to, cre- you know, like I said, we were behind the sticks those three times, and they end up cashing in on there. So that was how it worked. You know, the rest of the three quarters were, were decent, but you can't you can't play like that in the NFL. Every play matters. Penalties, you know, false starts, uh, whatever it was, whatever it might be, just penalties. So, uh, again, shooting ourselves in the foot, we can't do that if we want to get especially versus a team like this. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast with your host, Kevin Powell. We've seen that game before, haven't we? A sliver of hope from the Bears, and then Aaron Rodgers does his thing, and the Packers pull away, and it's another Bears loss to Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers now 24-5 and in his career against the Bears. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. Bears losing to the Packers 27-10 at Lambeau last night. There was some good... Mostly in the running game, I thought there was some promising stuff, but there was definitely more bad than good. And Herb Howard from the Bigs, who's joined me plenty of times before on this podcast, uh, joined me to break it all down. But, you know, you you watch the game, and it's like, we've seen this. We have seen this a million times of Aaron Rodgers leading the Packers to victory over the Chicago Bears. And, and, you know, coming off the season-opening win, maybe you kind of can convince and talk yourself into the Bears maybe pulling off an upset, and then Aaron Rodgers goes out and does that. Uh, the Packers ran the ball all over the Bears' defense. That was discouraging. A lot of missed tackles. Matt Eberflus talked about that in the postgame. That's not what you want to see, and, and no team wants to see that, but especially a defensive-minded coach like Matt Eberflus, who's been preaching fundamentals and his hits principle, things like that. That was not good to see. Um I thought David Montgomery was fantastic. I don't think they gave him the ball enough. Justin Fields and the offense have got to figure out something in the passing game. 7 of 11 for 70 yards, had an interception late, sacked a few times. Did have the big pass down the sideline to St. Brown on the flea flicker early in that game. Other than that, not a whole lot. Had a shot to hit Darnell Mooney deep down the field on a play action, and he overthrew him. So... What does all that mean? How do they fix the passing game? I don't know. Luke Getzey will talk with reporters later this week. We'll hear what he has to say about this. But, look, it's a loss to the Packers, and you move on. A very winnable game in Week 3 against the Houston Texans. Um, But breaking down the Bears' 27-10 loss at Lambeau uh, is Herb Howard from the Bigs. Join me here on the WGN Radio Football Podcast. All right, now joining me on the WGN Radio Football Podcast is Herb Howard. He covers the Bears for the Bigs, does a great job doing it. Herb was at Lambeau last night, and Herb, it's the same old story. We've seen it a million times. The Aaron Rodgers-led Packers. I know how much how much pain this brings Bears fans, right? Like, it's just the same script, the same nightmare over and over and over again. But I'll say this, and... This rivalry currently probably means more to Aaron Rodgers than anybody else, right? He's been the constant in this rivalry for the past 15 years or so. And, you know, with roster turnovers with both teams, he's been the one constant. So as much as it's been lopsided, but it's just the same story over and over with Aaron Rodgers. New coaching staffs with the Bears, new players. He just continues to dominate the Bears. Yeah, Kevin, the more things change, the more things stay the same. I mean, as long as they got 12 up there, a.k.a. Aaron McCaskey, 
I don't know that they're <laughs> going to be able to overcome that hurdle. Yeah, I mean, it's look, I don't think until he's no longer with the Packers. And look, I would love to see Justin Fields develop into a great quarterback and we have some great classic shootouts between these two teams. I just don't see it happening. Let, let's talk about Justin Fields a little bit, Herb. 7 of 11 for passing, just seven yards, had an interception late, was sacked three times. Um, we'll get to the run game in a bit because I thought there were some promising things there. What did you think of Fields? Um, I mean, the receiver, he doesn't have a lot of targets. I mean, it's clear the, through the first two weeks, teams are going to do everything they can to slow down Darnell Mooney, who had one catch for minus four yards. So uh, what? how did you think Fields looked last night? I didn't think that you know the passing game for a second straight week was pretty much non-existent. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Kevin. I want to, I want to go back for just a second. You were talking about Aaron Rodgers and how much he really enjoys this rivalry. At, at, at one point in the game last night, when it was kind of clear that the Packers were going to win, the entire crowd began to chant loudly as they can, the Bears still suck. Mm-hmm. Bears still suck. And they had stickers and everything that were up there at the stadium. And as they were doing that, Aaron Rodgers kind of employs them to can just do more, just do it more. And he's just imploring them to just keep going. And I was like, this dude loves this thing. Man. Yeah. He really, really loves it. Um, but as far, as far as Dustin Fields goes, I think that the Bears right now, simply offensively, they just are not good enough in terms of being able to pass the ball. They're not good enough at offensive line. They're not good enough at wide receiver. And quite frankly, at this point, they're not good enough at quarterback either. And so it's going to be a continuing process for them to be able to pass protect, to be able to get open as wide receivers, and for Justin to be able to read the defense and make the throws on time with accuracy. Right now, none of those three elements are there for the Bears. I think Coach Getze knows that. It's, it's evident in the play calling. They threw 11 passes last night. The conditions were primed to be able to throw the ball. It wasn't a weather issue like it was the previous week. It was a strategic um, decision to go ahead and, and not throw the ball so much. And I think he understands speaking of Coach Guthrie, that, that, that they just aren't there yet in terms of where he wants to be for them to be productive in the past game. And um, they're going to have to find a way to move the ball uh, through the air if they're going to be successful against the teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not making excuses for Justin Fields, but we all know how much goes into the pass game when it comes to separation for receivers and the offensive yeah. line and timing and things like that. But, you know, yeah. through the one, I guess, critique we've heard from some about Justin Fields is that maybe he hangs on to the ball a little bit too long. And I don't think sure. through two games yet we've seen a real clean, crisp, drop-back, ball-out boom, right? We, we haven't seen him yes. get through his progressions and get get rid of the ball quick. I mean, nothing really comes to mind through the first two games where everything looks crisp of him doing a three, five, seven step drop and then getting rid of the ball right away and, and looking like yeah. a, a confident court. We haven't seen that yet. So there's a lot that goes into it. I think part of it is the fact that, you know, the receive, he doesn't have an elite receiving core. That's for sure. But we, we haven't seen that yet. Not, not a single, I can't think of one single time we've really seen a, an, an impressive looking pass play from the Bears other than some scrambles from, from fields here and there. And they had the flea flicker, of course, last night. But um, got to see more of that. Yeah, you got to see more of it. You got to be on time, in rhythm. Your feet got to be connected to your eyes, get the ball out on time, and, and, and get it out there with accuracy. And we haven't seen that not only for the first two weeks of the season, we didn't really see it in the preseason either. That's just not where this offense is collectively. I'm not putting it all on Justin. It's not all on him. It's about being comfortable in the pocket and not getting happy feet and not feeling like you constantly got to use your legs to you know, escape the pocket. But it's also about the receivers trying to get open and creating separation. So I think that Justin has to come to understand the, the small margin for error at this level. It's not the same as it was in college. And listen, he's not in an ideal situation. He's a second-year quarterback already learning his second system. That is a very, very typical thing 
for any quarterback to do, especially when you do not have elite-level talent around you. And so it's going to be a process, but he has to understand that that, that razor-thin edge between winning and losing the National Football League, it matters. We saw him on the play-action pass. He tried to hit Darnell Mooney deep down the field. He had him one-on-one. Mooney had a step to the inside. Justin just missed him. And then we saw Aaron Rodgers on a very similar throw connect with Sammy Watkins deep down the field, beating Kyler Gordon and Eddie Jackson. So it's the, it's those small margins for error that he's going to have to kind of understand. And when those opportunities present themselves, he's got to make that throw. Aaron Rodgers makes that throw. Justin Fields is not quite there yet. And I know it's not a fair comparison to compare him to perhaps the best, most talented quarterback to ever play the game, but that's the standard. That's where you have to get to. What did you think of uh, that fourth down, uh, fourth quarter drive? Thirteen plays, eighty-nine yards. It ends up with Justin Fields coming up just short at the goal line. Um, yeah. One, it was an impressive drive, and, and and that was all the run game with Dave Mc, David Montgomery. I, I thought Montgomery looked fantastic with the opportunities he got. He was a violent runner last night. He was clearly a guy that was trying to bounce back from a not so impressive week one. I still don't think they they gave, I think they got away from that early on. Uh Herb, I, I thought the opening drive looked great and then really for the whole middle chunk of that game they they kind of got away from it and then in the fourth quarter they were back to running the ball. Montgomery finished with 15 carries, 122 yards, averaged over 8 yards a carry. Clear Herbert had four carries and was effective too with 38 yards. Um what did you think of We'll get to the run game, I guess, in a sec. But what did you think of that fourth and goal call by Getze? Fields was in the shotgun position. I know that kind of caused a stir with fans. Personally, I would have just handed it off to David Montgomery. He looked like a man on a mission on that drive. Um, but what did you think of that play call with, with Fields at the goal line? Yeah, what, what they chose to do would have been at best a third option in terms of you know how I saw it. I thought, you know, give it to David Montgomery, number one. They haven't been able to stop him from getting eight yards every time you're giving it to him. I don't see them stopping him from getting six inches on this play. Number two, if you're going to go quarterback sneak, get under center and just push it. You're on the half-yard line. Why snap it back to the five-yard line? You got the ball at the half-yard line. Why snap it back five yards? I didn't understand it. I know that Justin has elite athleticism, and you want to get him a lead blocker, and you feel like he should be able to get that in. But, again, you're taking the ball back five yards to try and move it forward six inches. That didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I thought giving it to David Montgomery would have been option number one. Quarterback sneak, get low, option number two. Going into the shotgun with the lead blocker, I don't know that that would have been something that I chose to do. Obviously, that's what the Bears chose to do. They thought they got in. Justin thought he got in. The coaching staff obviously thought they got in. They challenged the play. Uh, the call, uh, conf- whether they chose to stand with the call that was on the field, it would have been tough to overturn either way. But at the end of the day, I just don't know if that would be the very best option for them in that time and situation. Yeah, and just the way Montgomery was running, I don't know how you just don't say, get, just get in the end zone, David. We're going to hand it off to you right up the gut and find a way to get in there. But look, in, yeah. the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, the Bears score there and make it a seven-point game. Do any of us think that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have led the Packers down and gotten more points or thrown for another touchdown pass? I, I know it's frustrating to see, but it was like, and also, too, I think a lot of people were thinking Fields got in. There was no evidence. There was no way they were going to overturn that call. I mean, it was too messy at the goal yeah, line. No. There were too many bodies around. There was no way they could have overturned that. No, whatever they called on the field, they were going to have to stick with it. If they had said he got in, they wouldn't have been able to overturn it that way either. Kevin, I was sitting right down the goal line, like straight down the goal line um, in the present box, and I knew the play was coming up until I actually recorded it. I recorded the play, and I, I, I put it out on my Twitter page, and it just didn't 
just didn't look like he got into me. Now, they showed some other angles from the other side where it looked a little bit closer than it even appeared um, watching it live. But, again, that's just not a play that's going to be overturned. And, you know, ultimately, uh, the Bears didn't get in. And, and who knows what would have happened going forward. Justin thought that that was a, a big difference in the game. I know, I mean, that's easy to kind of point to, but football games rarely come down to just one play, right? It's usually five or six plays that kind of make the difference in the ball game. And, you know, maybe they could have got a stop and then they had to go down and get another touchdown. Who knows? But uh, it, it simply didn't work out for them. And, and now, you know, you get all the second guessing and the Monday morning quarterbacking. But I, I know one thing for sure. If you give that ball to David Montgomery, I don't know that he gets in, but I know that no one's second guessing the decision to say, hey, give it to that guy. He's been a horse all night. The way they chose to go about it leaves a lot of questions to be answered. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, Herb. I mean, I think if if, if they did hand it to Montgomery and it was stuff, I think people would have just felt a lot better about that decision. And if you are going to go shotgun with Fields, utilize those legs, right? Maybe just make it a sprint to the, the pylon or something like that. But yeah. this is all second-guessing yeah. in hindsight. So um, let's talk about the run game a little bit, though, for the Bears, which I thought was was very mm-hmm. impressive last night. I thought David Montgomery had a great game, uh, great game. Still just didn't feel like we saw enough of it, though. I understand trying to get the pass game going, and we all acknowledge mm-hmm. that that has to improve drastically moving forward. Um, just felt like they kind of abandoned the run there a little bit in the middle part of the game. Yeah, I mean, they come out, they had a phenomenal first drive. That was absolutely great football to watch. They were running the ball effectively. They were dominant in the run game. They utilized it for deception, hit the fleet flicker to a former Packers wide receiver, Equinemius St. Brown, for the 30-yard pickup. Then they go right back to the run game. David Montgomery gets him down the three-yard line. And then they utilize it again, stick it in the stomach. Justin pulls it out, takes it around the right side for a three-yard touchdown. That is what football needs to look like for this particular team on offense. And it was absolutely brilliant to see. Inexplicably, on their next drive, they came back and went away from the run. And it did not make any sense at all for them to do that. They were successful every time they chose to run it. David Montgomery had 15 carries for 122 yards. But... um, Khalil Herbert also had a high average for the the opportunities that he had. So the running game was obviously working for them. Stick to it. Shorten the length of the game. Keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. Continue to dominate time of possession. That's going to be their formula. That has to be their formula. But it also is what's going to allow you to hit those play-action passes. We saw the Packers do it over and over and over again. The Bears' defense were getting gashed on the ground all night long. And if you do not stop the run against the Packers, you have no chance of stopping Aaron Rodgers on the play-action we saw him beat them uh, critically for, for several big plays off of the play action last night. That's the formula for the Bears. They're going to have to understand that, stick to that run, use that talented backfield that they have, and then utilize play action, bootleg, those types of things off of the running game. They've got to find a way to get Cole Komet involved, right? You know, to cool. go and- <laughs> I think we had one Cole Komet sighting, Herb, and it was a drop pass. They've got to find a way to get him involved somehow. Yeah, it seems like they got to get him involved. And I feel like we've been talking about Cole Komet for years in terms of the potential that he has. And I agree, he does have that kind of potential. I agree that he's a great, you know, athletic specimen. He's a big kid. He can run. He can catch, allegedly. And, I, I, you know, I, I'm just tired of talking about the potential mm-hmm. of Cole Komet. I'm ready to see him really be a contributor. And, again, I'm just like I'm not putting it all on Justin, I'm not putting this all on Cole Komet in terms of him not contributing. He's got to get the opportunities. He's got to be schemed up, those types of things. But he's a guy that should be a major contributor for this offense, and we just haven't seen it on a consistent basis in the time that he's been here. Uh, defensively, what did you think? They, the, the Packers, as much as we're talking about the Bears' run game, the Packers were very effective on the ground. They had over 200 yards of rushing. Uh, it's obviously a dynamic duo in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. 
I thought early on the front four came out with some energy. Even that first drive, Travis Gibson had a couple sacks. There was a Bob Quinn sighting. Um, he had a sack as well. But as the game moved on, I, they were getting gashed up front, as you said. Yeah, they they were constantly getting gassed up front. You're looking at you know those explosive runs, those 12 plus yard runs. That just doesn't allow you to really kind of contain Aaron Rodgers because now he's able to stick it into the running back stomach. You're going to suck those linebackers up, and then he hits you across the middle with those drags, with those deep posts, even with the slants. Those types of things, you just can't defend both. You're going to have to pick your poison against an Aaron Rodgers-led team, and if you cannot stop the run, you certainly won't be able to stop the pass, and the Bears just were not able to stop the run. They were able to generate some pass rush and get some pressure on Aaron Rodgers, which was good to see because you don't often see that. They got three sacks on him. They had a lot of other pressures and some hits on him. They were affecting him in the passing game. But if you cannot stop the running game, then he's just going to beat you with play action. On his straight drop back, I thought they did pretty well in terms of applying pressure. But when he went to the play action game and he was able to suck those linebackers and take these up because they were being gassed on the ground, that's when you saw the big plays come over the top to Sammy Watkins. You saw him hitting the receivers on those slants and those digs, and, and, and that's where you know he becomes uh, impossible to deal with. What did you think of Roquan last night? I thought Roquan. I thought Roquan looked good. I mean, he's got to. He, listen, in, in order for Roquan Smith and and, and Moro as well to be effective, they have to be clean. Those defensive linemen up front have to keep them clean. And when you allow the centers and the guards to get to the second level, those two linebackers are not big. They're fast. They're athletic. They can run sideline to sideline and make plays. But if you let those big guys get up on them, it's going to neutralize you know, what they can do. But, I mean, Roquan Smith, he still was credited with 11 tackles. I think he had nine last week. So he's got 20 tackles in the first couple of weeks. He's going to be around that all the time. He's always going to be around the ball. I would like to see them kind of utilize him a little bit more in terms of some pressure packages and things like that, um, get him on the move a little bit. But I think Roquan, I think he, he looked pretty good for me. Um, that running game, I mean, you talk about you being a linebacker, that's always going to come back on you. But I think that starts up front before it even gets to the second level. There were way too many missed tackles last night, Herb, which is not what um, yeah. Yeah. Matt Eberflus is going to be on them all week about that. That's not no coach wants that, but what Matt Eberflus has been trying to preach and the hits principle, missed tackles is not a good sign. That was that was not good. There was some. I'm sure they're going to be handing out some loafs this week when they get their their report cards back. Yeah, it's very interesting to see. You were talking about these guys that have been certainly buying into the hits principle, but you, I was interested to see how they went about it in the second half, right? It's easy to do that when you kind of are winning and you can hustle and play with intensity and play smart football. But when you're losing, can you continue to play with that same level of intensity? And I was interested to see whether or not they did. I think they did that for the most part, but you're absolutely right. They missed a lot of tackles, and that's got to be a point of emphasis. You saw that from Tyler Jordan. You saw that from Eddie Jackson. You saw that from the linebackers. You saw that from some of the defensive linemen. They just were constantly uh, giving up yards after contact, yards after catch, and that's just that's that's not – um, what we've heard about from Coach Ibrahim, I'm sure he's not happy about it. And it's not a formula for success for this for this defense. This defense has to be um, a very very strong unit for for this team to be successful. This defense has to play well, and when they're constantly giving up again the yards on the ground, um, that's just not the formula for success for this for this 2022 Bears team. You were there, Herb. What was the locker room like after the game? It's dejected, as you would expect. It was, it was dejected. You walk in there and. Guys are quiet and they got their hairs down and they're not quick to you know even get their uniforms off and they're just kind of sitting there and you see you know guys like Eddie Jackson kind of just sat in his locker with his uniform on you know thirty forty five minutes after the game 
um, before guys are even ready to just go get showered and get out of there because, you know, I, I think they understand it. They're, they're tired of losing to this team, and they came in with a great level of confidence and belief in themselves, and it just it was the same old, same old. And they came back into that locker room with this kind of dejected feeling. By the time they walked out of there, they were all kind of saying the same thing in terms of it was one game. But you could feel the energy in the locker room. They didn't want to talk. They, they didn't want to answer any questions. And I understand that. It's a tough, tough locker room to walk into and try to get guys to answer questions about a very tough game like that. But that was the mood of the locker room. They were dejected. They, they, they were upset about it. And, and, you know, we'll see if they can kind of use that energy to uh, get them through a, a tough week of practice. I'm sure the coaches will be hard on them this week. And then they've got Lovey Smith and the Houston Texans coming to Soldier Field to see if they can kind of right the ship next week. There was a clip going around from the post game, and I heard it, didn't really think much of it, but of course Twitter uh, amplifies things, of Justin Fields essentially saying something along the lines of, you know, he was asked about the rivalry and how painful it is for Bears fans and things like that, and he's like, well... Sure. Not as it's not as painful as it is for the players in the locker room, um, which he's a hundred percent correct. I mean, right. sports fandom right. can turn really smart people into really dumb people, and yeah. as passionate as Bears fans are, I get it. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong that Justin Fields said there. I'm, I'm sure you saw the clip, and people are tweeting about it today, Herb, and all of that. But. Um, I don't, I don't know, just a reaction to that, because when I heard that, I was like, yeah, he's totally right. Of course the players are going to care more. They're the ones, that's their career. That's their livelihood. That's their passion. They're the ones putting in the work. You think they're not pissed that they lost? Yeah, I was standing there when he said it. I was in that press conference, and I, I when he said it, I saw some eyebrows kind of raised around the room, and I was like, oh, here we go. They're going to make a big <laughs> deal out of that. And it's like, there's no reason to make a big deal out of it. He was just being matter-of-fact. No one, I don't, I'm, listen, Bears fan or not, I've been a Bears fan my whole life, no one is more invested than the players, right, than these coaches. They're here every single day putting the time in. They're the ones putting it all on the line, and people can talk about how much money they make and all that if you want, but they're the ones who are invested. No one is more invested in going out and winning the football game than the people that are in that locker room. And so when they lose, as dejected as you may have been at home on your couch, they were more dejected in that locker room, right? They were the guys who were out there putting it all on the line. And so, yeah, no, nobody cares more than them. It's not an issue of them not caring or not putting the time in or not being invested. They're absolutely invested. And so Justin's just being matter-of-fact. That's not the first time he said something like that in terms of, you know, the passionate fan base. And just, listen, nobody, nobody wants to win more than us, not the fans, not the, the media, no one, right? Those are the people that are putting in the time every single day. And so I, I have no issue with what he said, and I wish we would just stop making a big deal out of it. it was, he was... He was 100% correct. No one is more invested than they are. Right. And then if he doesn't say that and says the opposite, yeah, the fans probably are more upset than we are. He gets roasted for that. You know what I mean? Of course the players are going to be more mad than the fans. They should be. So, yeah, I mean, we don't need to amplify it anymore. I think people losing it on Twitter. Is Twitter doing its thing where a lot of dumb happens? Um, How was Lambo? Was that your your first trip up to Green Bay for a Bears-Packers game? It was not. It was not my first trip, but it was Lambo. Was Lambo. It was. It was good. It was live. It was energetic. They were always firing off the cannons and the fireworks and everything like that. And you know, it's it's that that rivalry is very very energetic. It does something to the fans, and so the energy in the building is is, is lively. It's Sunday night football. They're doing the airplane flyovers and all those types of things. And so the energy was in the building throughout the night. And again, once the game was clear that the Packers were going to win, then their fans go into full kind of domination mode and the Bears still suck and all those types of things. Uh, Lambo is Lambo. It's always going to be like that. 
Um, it's lively. It's energetic. The fans are into it. It's a very, very good environment for football. I, I, I enjoy going up there and watching the game. Uh, any other final thoughts on the game? Anything we didn't get to that maybe stood out good or bad? Um, I, I just think that you know this is a team that's going to have to kind of ride that wave throughout the season. I think they came into it with a lot of confidence and, and feeling like, okay, if we can possibly steal this game, we could go 2-0 and and we'll be staring down the bear at 3-0 and next week. And, you know, it's just it's going to be this ebb and flow. And I think last week Bears fans got so high and they thought, oh, we're going to start 3-0 and and 4-0. and And it's like, well, okay, slow down just a little bit here, okay? You're going up to Lambeau to play the Packers. You haven't beat them in the last six games. Aaron Rodgers is still up there. And so I just think that not don't overreact to what happened in week one. And don't overreact to what happened in week two. This is going to be a team that's going to have to kind of ride that roller coaster. They're going to continue to fight. They're going to continue uh, to play hard. And, and, you know, we'll see what they're able to do next week. I think that Bears fans are going to have to constantly ride this roller coaster up and down all season. This is not a team that is quite ready to compete for a Super Bowl. It's going to be good some weeks. It's going to be bad some weeks. That's kind of what it is, and we'll see that kind of play out throughout the course of the game. But this team has to understand that their margin for victory is very, very small. When the opportunities present themselves, whether it's on the goal line, fourth and one inside the one, or my fourth and goal inside the one, or whether it's trying to hit Darnell Mooney deep on a play-action pass, you've got to seize every single opportunity that they get because they just don't have enough talent to overcome missing those opportunities. They can capitalize on those things. They'll win their fair share of games, and they'll be competitive all season long. But it's gonna be a roller coaster ride up and down all year. You know the NFL's it's it's you know one game a week for your team, right? Which makes it you have opportunities yep. like this to recap a game, and then it's gonna be on to the Houston Texans. And we talk about the the matchups, and we talk about every angle you can possibly talk about. And I'm guilty of it too, right? You got six days from from a win, and it's Bears Packers weeks. You start to start thinking. Yeah, maybe maybe they could win this one if this happens or this <laughs> happens, and then you watch and it's like, come on, it's Aaron Rodgers, Bears, Packers. He went out and just did his thing. We've seen that script a million times, but no, great, great. Listen, pers- Kevin, I was I was doing my I was doing my game preview. I was writing it up, and as I was writing it, I almost convinced myself to take the Bears. And I put that in my concept. I, I, as yeah. I was writing it, I almost convinced myself, and I was like, nah. I, I ultimately picked the Packers, but um, I, you know, listen. There are some intriguing things about this team that could lead you to say, hey, maybe they can pull some of these things off. This is going to take them playing uh, almost a perfect football game against the elite-level teams in this league. Yeah, for sure. And I'm very interested to hear what uh, Luke Getze has to say. I believe he speaks with reporters on Thursday at Hallis Hall. What, what yeah. he has to say about um, – Look, I know some are saying that maybe there's no, they don't have the confidence yet in Justin Fields to kind of unleash more passing plays or whatever that may be. I don't know if it's a confidence thing yet or if it's just them not feeling comfortable with the the, the entirety of the offense. I, I don't know. Either, either way, you know, I'm, I'm curious to hear what Luke Getzey has to say on uh, on Thursday. And uh, you will be there, Herb, so we'll be following along. Um, pre- sounds like sounds like the reporters are filing in at Hallis Hall. So. Yeah, everybody's filing in here now. Yeah, everybody's making their way back to Green Bay. We're waiting on uh, – we'll talk to uh, Coach Eberflus here in, at 240, and then we'll talk to a couple of players after that. But the guys are filing in right now. Great. Herb, thanks for your time. At Herb Howard 411 on Twitter. Read his stuff at the Bigs. Um, does a great job covering the Bears. Herb, thank you for the time. I appreciate it, man. Kevin, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
And that's episode 43 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Bears will regroup. Time to move on from the Packers and focus on the winless Houston Texans. Bears opening up as three-point favorites at home Sunday against Houston. That's the return of Lovey Smith to Soldier Field. We'll have more on that uh, coming up here on the podcast later in the week. Thank you to Ernie Scant and Brian Altimer for their help producing the podcast. And thanks again to Herb Howard for joining me. And thank you for listening. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast. <laughs>